you want to get your prayers answered, you ought to know the prerequisites to prayer. And uh, maybe you can help me out and give me a few. <laughs> that would be great. And uh, I have some other things here. Biblical principles for evangelistic praying. Praying for the evangelizer, you the evangelist, and other believers. But uh, there's quite a few points here and things like that. And so um, if you think you'd like to have them, you're welcome to. But please, it is in no format. I've just put these things together. I just stuck them on there. And um, some things are repeated. But if you want them, you're welcome to have them. So... Um, God has given the gift of the evangelist for the perfecting of the saints. You see, the biblical office of the evangelist is appointed gift from God to the local church. I use Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Uh, this is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, edifying the body of Christ. That is the building up of the body of Christ. And uh, I just let me just go through some things I've just... The evangelist is a messenger and a witness to the unsaved and the saved person alike. I'm talking about the evangelist. That's um, Now, I have been on the mission field. I go to the Ukraine, Belarus. I've been to Haiti. And um, I love to preach and see people get saved and churches established. But I don't stay around. I'd like to go some, maybe perhaps some of your churches and just evangelize, ev- evangelistic. Now, I preach revival. And evangelistic. If you want to see souls saved, it's more evangelistic. If you want to go out and preach on the street, I'll do that. Done that before. Look forward to doing that. But whatever, you know, I want to be a blessing to the local church. The evangelist is to stand before uh, the people of God for the very purpose of helping them mature in Christ through the preaching of the Word of God. The evangelist will teach, exhort, counsel, guide, and challenge the body of Christ, making them ready for the service of God. The evangelist will comfort and encourage the pastor and congregation so that they may go out and do the work for which they were called. The main goal of the evangelist is to honor and glorify God Almighty in all, in all through his life. And I've got several verses and things like that. Don't let people... Uh, these are just some things I've learned that maybe help you. As a missionary, don't let people know that you're having a hard time. Just have faith in God. He knows where you're at, where you're going, what you're doing. Don't let the pastor know that you're arriving tired. <laughs> Just go ahead and wear a smile on your face. You know what? They don't like you to smile over there in the Ukraine and Belarus. I had a trouble, problem with that. Yeah, they'd been under so much persecution. <laughs> and they said, to wipe your smile off. I said, I can't help it. I said, I'm happy. And I preached to them like I was happy too. <clears throat> so they asked me to come back. Don't advertise your failures. I do that. I need to work on that myself. Don't let the church people know if you're having difficulty time financially. Keep that among yourself. Um, uh, preach whether you're tired or sick. Just go ahead and preach. I, hey, it was three years before I ever missed my first service. That was, when I, that was before I even got preaching. I was learning some things. I went to the youth group for three years. I got saved at age 30. 30 to 33, I joined up with the youth group. Then they asked me to leave. I said, hey, I'm learning some things. <laughs> and uh, so just learn some things. And uh, see what else I wrote down here. And uh, the evangelist should endeavor to start new churches. The evangelist is discerning. Uh, preach whether he's tired or sick. 
The evangelist is gifted with the ability to sense the need of the people. Now, as you, I, it takes me a while to get to know some folks. Now, by Wednesday, I get pretty, I get a little bit looser. You ought to see me uh, if I come back the second time. Uh, but anyway, you see, I'm lear- I'm learning some things. I'm watching you. You're watching me. And uh, I'll ask God to help me to have some discernment. You ought to be a discerning Christian. Uh, oh, I won't go there. Like I say, I haven't prepared a whole lot. I, he ought to be flexible. The evangelist is flexible. The evangelist should be able to adapt. And that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> the two most important services of the meeting I have found is the first and last. And the evangelist should preach so that a child could understand. <laughs> I, was, um, I went to uh, Dr. Ron Comfort's wife, Joyce. You see, I'd like to see my wife uh, start like a children's ministry. When I preach to you folks, maybe your children should be able to take the Bible and share with them a Bible story, a missionary story, and things like that. And I said, uh, how, uh, how old do you think, uh, you know, or when should they start and things like that? And Mrs. Comfort looked at me and she said, Norman, a nine-year-old can understand how you preach. I said, now, is that good or bad? She says, that's good. She said, if that nine-year-old get it, uh, those adults won't have no problem. I said, so I try to keep, if I said hypostatic union, I want, do you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Hypostatic union. <laughs> See, there's no use to saying uh, that, right? So anyway, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I've got so much stuff here, I'm not even going to go over that. I just, you just wave your hand, I'll sit down. Uh, the evan- evangelism in the ministry and not just a job. It's not a job. Uh, I have found the extent of the preparation determines the lasting effects of the meeting. You see, what takes place this week you know, uh, we'll see the results of it several months from now. I talked to a pastor. I was only there for a week. I called him a year later. He says, man, he said, folks are still on fire. We're getting souls saved. You're coming back. And so he scheduled me for a week and a half. I said, I've never preached that long in one time before. He said, you think you can do it? I said, I can do all things through Christ. Be humble. Pray about your needs. Pray about your financial needs, your fam- uh, family needs. Pray for the church that you will be having the meeting in, even in the future. You know, even before I get here, I'm beginning to pray. God, what do you want me to say? Pray for the church that you have already been in for meetings. I love to call pastors up and say, hi, you know, how you doing? You know, that's not the norm. I said, I'm not looking for anything. I don't even want a meeting. I just want to know how you're doing. Folks getting saved. Are you okay? Is there something I can pray for? So go ahead and be interested in other uh, in their in their uh, church and and their ministry. The evangelist should exercise, <laughs> uh, should go soul winning weekly, should discipline his mind and his body, uh, heart should have time for everyone. Must have compassion. We lack compassion today among God's people. Should keep his family in mind when scheduling meetings. Should be faithful uh, in a local church. Should tie to a local church. Should have convictions. Convictions. I'm having to get any message on that. Uh, must have priorities in his life. Family devotions. You just wave and I'll sit down. And I'll, whenever, I've just got some things. Okay. <laughs> Y'all in trouble. 
Okay, family devotions. You ought to have family devotions every day. And, um, you know, if possible, at the same time every day. Now, that's important. Just not that you have family devotions. But if you'll, I have found, if you'll have family devotions every day at a certain time of day, it'll help you to stay consistently. Uh, we have so many yo-yo Christians today. I've got eight things that will help you grow in Christ and live a consistent Christian life for the Lord. I was sharing with somebody earlier. If I gave you eight things to do in order to lose 30 pounds in 15 days, you'd jump at that. Right? Gave you uh, uh, eight things to do in order to become a millionaire in one year, you'd jump at that. But if I gave you eight things to do in order to live a consistent Christian life for the Lord, would you jump at it? A vast majority of God's children today would never discipline themselves to do those eight things. But uh, try to do, be consistent daily uh, things, and you'll grow. I've learned more by just being faithful to certain things. Faithful to the minister of the local church. If you want to grow, be in the minister of the local church. Uh, you should have a set time, and do not change it for any reason unless absolutely necessary. Uh, keep it short, 10 to 15 minutes. I remember when I first got saved, I said, set up straight. I'd get my kids up 5 o'clock in the morning. I got up early. I said, get up. Well, kids, my daughter and my wife. You see, when I got saved, my life changed 180 degrees. I see things as black and white. I don't have very, very few gray areas. I don't know about these gray area things. But mine's are pretty much black and white. And so uh, I said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Hey, when they started taking the name of the Lord thy God in vain on the TV, I said, that's it. We're not watching that thing. You said, how strong are you on it? I said, Lord, I promise you I'll never turn on another TV set as long as I live. Now, I didn't say I wouldn't watch one. You know, sometimes, I mean... I don't go in there and just watch, watch it. But sometimes you'll go in. You go to Kmart now. They have them TVs up there. And so you can't help but see one. I don't sit down and watch one. I just It takes too much of my time. <laughs> I'm not interested in that anyway. Remember, what are you supposed to think on? We'll probably look at that tonight. Do you know what you're... Th what do you think on as a child of God? You say, preacher, I don't know. Read the Bible, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, your mind ought to be governed and guided by these kinds of things. Well, if you come to a clear understanding of that, you'll rarely turn on the TV set. Well, how in the world did I get on that? <clears throat> okay, I didn't know either. Five, ten, uh, ten, fifteen minutes. Keep it short. Keep it short. That's good advice for me too. Keep it short. The father should lead, but all the family should participate. And uh, have Bible memorization with chapter and verses. Give the address. It's a good idea. Uh, versify the study in the Bible. Bible reading. Uh, get to read uh, read books on great people. Hudson Taylor, George Mueller. I like, you know, see, I serve the same God he served. Now, George Mueller never asked anyone for anything. Only, only person he asked was God. I heard, I read, a um, man came up to George Mueller and said, what do you need? He said, I told God, you go ask God, whatever he tells you, you do it. 
I thought, man, that'd be refreshing. So I've, I, don't, I don't tell people what I need. I simply tell God. And I like to see God respond to that. But uh, read men like George Mueller, Billy Sunday, Hudson Taylor, Charles Waggle, Joseph Smith, D.L. Moody. Uh, you can run some things. And, and uh, stories with a lesson, family, Bible library, uh, our daily bread, my morning manna, certain things like that. And so, uh, just to have it. Wife. Okay, he had said something about the wife. I put some things down here about the wife. Don't expect her to study as much as you do. Hello? <laughs> Now, I, I would think, now I ought to be further along in my spiritual growth than I was a year ago when you laid eyes on me. Now, don't you think that? Now, if I had the opportunity to come back a year from today, I ought to be further along in my spiritual growth. Second Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But don't expect your, uh, her, your wife to study as much as you do. But I would think... Would, some of you folks have an eight-hour job, right? Eight to five, eight to four thirty. Now, don't you think I ought to be studying, or at least preparing, memorizing? Uh, I have some pastors say, "Let's go play golf." I said, "I'd much rather study and read my Bible." I set aside all my hobbies. I haven't picked them up yet. I set them aside back in 1987. Well, I had to learn how to read. I had to pick up some things, so I don't golf. I did golf one time, par 72, shot 144. Pastor said, you sure got your money's worth. I said, so did. I was tired. I was hurting places I didn't know I had. Her duties are more trying than yours. They're talking about the wife. She has less time to fellowship. She is more confined to the house than you are. You ought to have compassion on her. Uh, she will not have as much time in the Bible study as you. Uh, buy her some things when she least expects them. Oh, oh, boy. My wife is special to me. I've known her since she was 14. I love her. She's my friend. She's my companion. She's by my side most always, and I miss her. And, uh, but this year, this year I, her birthday was special. I made that thing special. I went out and bought her a cake. It was just the two of us, but it was a big cake. Now, I have dyslexia, form of dyslexia, and I put them 44 on their back, I put the 44 on their backwards. Now, I thought it was on their straight. She didn't say anything to me. <laughs> she loves me. I'll be driving down the road, 3553. She is the navigator, and she'll say, take 35. Well, I'll be going down 53. She says, now, I told, I said, well, this is 35. She says, I've learned when my wife says 35 this way, that's the way I go. So uh, that's sometimes I have trouble trying to my, find my scripture verses. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Uh, Whether therefore ye eat or drink. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you. Sometimes they get a little squirrely. But I try to correct that. Well, she will not have much. I uh, see. Let her go out on her own. <laughs> you know, she wants to go out on her own. Shop and let her go. You know, I do know some folks who say, my, my wife goes to the store, I go to the store. My wife goes here, you know, I go with her, but I'll let her go out on her own. Help her with the dishes. Now, I love to work. I love, you know what? I worked 120 hours a week. I love to work. You work 120 hours a week, you have no time for nobody. Well, I had to work on that. God saved me. He began to teach me how not to work. 
My wife said, you have a mistress. I said, you need to listen to your wife. <laughs> I said, I have what? A mistress? I said, I don't even really know what that is. And she says, it's the computer. <laughs> the computer? Yeah. <laughs> I love to study, you see. I love to work. And uh, you know what? Well, let's go back to the birthday. She had a wonderful birthday. And I'll get back to that computer thing. Wonderful birthday. I bought her, I bought her so many gifts, she didn't know what to think. <laughs> You know, she cried for three days. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey, I could ask her for anything, anything at all, and she'd do it. You know, just make her special. Go out and buy her something, not just because it's a birthday either. Just go out and do it just to be doing it, and when she least expects it. But anyway, I said, "Hun, here's the credit card. Now, uh, if you can't handle credit, uh, you just go ahead and cut up your credit cards and don't have credit cards. But uh, I use a lot of credit. Uh, cards and I pay them off monthly. I don't like to pay uh, any interest whatsoever, but it's not really wise to carry all that cash on you as you go down the road. And so uh, we use credit cards. And um, where was I going? Oh, anyway, I gave her mine. I said, you go ahead and plan a vacation for a week. I'll turn off the computer. I'll turn off the cell phone. I'll, I won't pay a bill. I won't do anything. I said, I'm going to be your little slave. Whatever you say, I'll do it. If you want me to massage you all day long, I'll do it. Daylight to dark. <laughs> Wouldn't you ladies like that? <laughs> you want me to massage your feet, I'll do it. If you want me up at 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, I'll do it. You tell me when you want me to go to bed. I said, you have me for a week, whatever you say, I'll do it. <laughs> hey, you, you do that for your wife, and you'll be amazing what she'll do for you. <laughs> now, I didn't do it to get anything. You don't do it that way. But anyway, we had a wonderful time. She took me out to the Grand Canyon. Now, I'm not really interested in getting up before the sunrise, staying all day, and then watching the sun go down. I'm not, that's not, you know, I, I've got, I could be reading my Bible. I could be doing a lot of other things, you see. But it was important to my wife, and because it's important to her, it's important to me. Now, listen to this. If your wife has a problem, gentlemen, you've got a problem. And so you'll learn that one the hard way too, probably. Uh, let her go out on her own. Just let her. And she had a wonderful time. You know what? I'm looking forward to. Do, I had such a wonderful time. I'm going to do it again. I did the cooking. I did everything. Whatever she said, I did it. Don't let churches take advantage of your wife. Don't do that. You see, I have. I'll call up the pastor, and he says, "What do your wife do?" I says, "She doesn't. She she looks at me and she smiles and she takes care of my clothes and." She's pretty, and she tells me it's enough and, and up and, you know, louder, lower. And, and so she's there. You mean she don't sing? No, she saved late in life. She does not sing. Uh, does she play an instrument? No, she don't do that. Uh, does she have children meetings? I said, no, she don't do that. And um, so don't let uh, churches take advantage of your wife. I said, I just simply, she, they said, well, what do you do? I say, I, do you sing? No. I said, they won't even let me in the choir loft back home. They won't do it. I, I, that's true. I raised up my hand. I volunteered. And he said, no, Mr. Stevens. Now, this was um, um, Ron Comfort's, um, Larry Brubaker, his ministry of music. He goes out with him. He stood up and he says, oh, no, Mr. Stevens. If I want you, I'll get you. I know how you sing. I said, all right, that's fine. I mean, I was volunteering. That's not something I read in a book. This really happened in my home church. Now, they love me, though. They support me. <laughs> it's good to have a good home church. And so, you know what? Everybody laughed. Then Pastor Charles Surratt gets up in the pulpit. 
He said, um, I, no, the title of my message this evening is Anyone Can Make a Joyful Noise Unto the Lord. I said, well, praise the Lord. He said, now, Mr. Stevens, wait just a minute. I said, yes, sir. Uh, you can make a joyful noise in the pew, but you're not going to do it in the choir loft. I said, all right, I know my, I know. Pastor Shredders has so much wisdom. I love the man. And so, uh, so they won't let me sing. So I said, I preach. So I hope I have content in my preaching that perhaps God's people will grow and that the pastor will have me back in the future. And uh, she ought to ask you before she commits herself to a service, your wife, you know, uh, she ought to ask you before she commits her, herself to the service of whatever she might do. Don't commit her without asking her first. I've learned that the hard way, too. Um, don't commit her, you know, to something unless you ask her first. Uh, talk with her about decisions. You know, I'll preach and she'll come up and talk. Well, just talk to her about decisions. And don't forget to schedule a vacation. I think that's important. And so I will just cut it off there. And, and we're not even started at this. I didn't even get into the do's and the don'ts. And so I hope it will be a blessing to you.